Welcome back after a long hiatus to the Bendy and Philby show. I'm Bendy. I'm Philby. I'm Bees. And I'm Neil. And we're here to talk a little bit about the Oscars of 2015. We're actually two weeks early, and we have indeed actually collectively, and uh, most of us have seen almost all the best pictures, so we're ready and prepared to talk this time. Kick things off. Uh, Philby, what was your favorite uh, movie of the best pictures? I loved Birdman. Does that, do I have to explain myself? <laughs> you can if you want to. I like Birdman. Um, if you had a quote that would go on the DVD box, what would it be? <laughs> I liked Birdman. <laughs> Glowing endorsement. I thought it was better than the others. Um, no, I think that Keaton really did a good job of acting in this one, and it was a, the long cuts. It was dramatic, but it was also kind of fantastical, and it was a good, good movie overall. Peace. Uh, a little bit torn. It's either Grand Budapest, which is just kind of my personal favorite, but also Selma wins kind of points for poignancy and timing, um, so I kind of always want there to be a bit of a statement behind what's chosen as best picture. So yeah, I'd probably go to Selma. Uh, I have seen the least out of everyone in the room, uh, but I will say that I liked The Imitation Game the best. Um... I, I really like period pieces, and I liked that Benedict Cumberbatch showed some range, and he was basically just Sherlock in the, you know, World War II era. So then that, okay, that's just what drove me crazy, was the fact that he was just Sherlock in the World War II era. Or that yeah. he was just well cast in the movie. Well, sure, he was certainly well typed cast in the movie. <laughs> Oh no! Sorry, I didn't say anything. I'll be getting snarky. I'm not being snarky. I'm imitating bees talking about the imitation game. Well, bees, you you watched this last night. What did you think of the imitation game? Because you said you don't like biopics. Biopics. Um, I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. It's definitely solid. I definitely place it higher on my list of biopics, which are very far down on the list. There's basically two I like. It's Walk the Line and Man on the Moon. Um, Would you consider Selma a biopic? No, not at all. Is it biopics or biopics? I always used to say biopic because it sounds better, but apparently, it, I mean, that doesn't make sense. It's bio, biographical picture. Oh. So biopic. Mm, my bad. No, no, I'm, I used to say bio, biopic. So wait, why don't you think Selma's a biopic? Because it focuses on many people instead of it's, just one person? It's about an event. In fact, I'd say that's how you should do a biopic. Um, Imitation Game kind of has that, and its best parts are when it's really about them putting that machine together. By the way, I assume we have a blanket spoiler alert just for the whole episode. You can't. I don't think too many of these movies could really be spoiled. I mean, yeah, you know what happens at the end of the Theory of Everything. I mean, most. I mean, half of these are uh, true stories are based off of true stories. So, and there was nothing like major that happened at the end of them, and the ones that aren't. Don't have drastic endings either, so you can throw that out there, but yeah, just, I wouldn't just, expect to be spoiled. Yeah, I actually thought he wasn't being Sherlock. I thought there was like Sherlock's just kind of a jerk. This guy uh, clearly had trouble uh, socializing, so I kind of felt empathy more for him than for Sherlock. Sherlock, I'm just like watching on. <laughs> He's a dick. <laughs> this guy, I'm like, oh, you know, that's just how he functions. Um, my one, I, I, I don't think it's best picture just because I don't know. It doesn't seem to be... I don't know exactly what it's saying. Yeah, I don't think it's going to win Best Picture. I just liked it the best oh, yeah, out of all fine. of them. My big issue is that... And I know you, they have the blurb at the end saying that he, he committed suicide. Not confront... Just putting that... telling it's When you tell someone that something happened or you show it, there's a very different reaction. If they had shown it, it would have been confronting the audience with how this guy was totally destroyed. Well, what did you think of American Sniper at the end? I didn't see that one. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I felt... 
I don't know. I felt mixed about that. I saw that with with Ben and Kathy Which? in the theater, American Sniper, okay. and. I have never been... First of all, the theater was packed. We went on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. The theater was packed, and it was silent walking out of the movie theater. Because um, it just kind of ended. He went off uh, to the shooting range with this guy who ended up killing him. Uh, and then they just showed some text saying what happened. And then actual footage of Chris Kyle's funeral and the procession through basically all of Texas... Um, and yeah, the movie just kind of ended after that, and it was it was dead quiet in the theater, which was a very different experience for me. And I don't know, I yeah, I think bees. You were saying that they got production of the movie underway, or I mean, the rights had been bought and the script had been finished before any of that had happened with his uh, yeah with his so. murder. So I mean, they kind of had to tag it onto the ending. But yeah, Neil's right. It was it was very striking to see everyone moving leaving the theater, and I guess that was pretty common throughout most theaters that saw it so i will say one more thing about imitation game sorry i just remembered this um i did like kind of felt the weight of what happened they do at least show him after he's been chemically castrated and you feel how monstrous that decision was but then they have this little blurb at the end like scientists in the 50s use these turing machines to do all sorts of things <laughs> today we call them computers yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm like come on <laughs> Well, I mean, tacking on to that, I mean, I think my two favorite movies had to have been uh, either Imitation Game or Grand Budapest. Grand Budapest, I just loved from beginning to end. I don't think it's, I don't, I don't know, I, I mean, can, can, some of these other movies are so heavy, like American Sniper and, and Selma and Theory of Everything, that to put like a comedy up against those feels kind of uh, odd. But I, my Grand Budapest, I enjoyed the most out of all of them. But if I had to pick a favorite, uh, it would probably be Imitation Game. I liked a lot of different aspects of every different uh, movie. Like American Sniper was good, but it wasn't completely accurate, as most people know. Um, Selma was good. It had a great cast. It was well put together. Birdman was ambitious, but lost interest at some points. And it was the same with Boyhood, where it was an ambitious undertaking in filmmaking, and I could appreciate what it was, but... You know, like, child actors who are terrible just kind of kill movies for me. And obviously he couldn't predict that they would grow up to be bad actors when he cast them at, when they were 12 years old. But, I don't I, know. I was on board with Boyhood. I mean, it was a little long for me, but I did. I got it. I get what it's doing. I liked a lot of it. Until he got to college. And then it's, oh, your roommate's a cool guy. Oh, and he has a hot girlfriend. Oh, and she is a, girl, a friend that you can hook up with you. Here you go, white boy. Here's everything you ever needed handed to you. And I just like, come on. Well, to be honest, he goes through a lot of crap before that. He does. He does. But I don't know. Just that scene just kind of ruined the whole thing. Well, I don't think the story is what's... Are we, can we talk about which one we think is going to win? Best sure. Picture? Sure. Because I don't, I don't think the story is what's going to win boy. Even though I haven't seen it, I've heard it's just like... You know, nothing really happens to him. The story's not what's going to win at Best Picture. What I think is going to win at Best Picture is the fact that it took seven years for them to film it. Twelve, and I think, twelve years. Twelve years, sorry. And I think the Academy loves stuff like that, where they can, you the know... gimmick win. Yeah. Well, not even a gimmick win, but Well, just I mean, like, it was a big endeavor, yes. But. Yeah, it was a big endeavor, and it's a, it's a celebration of all that is right with film, and a director taking a huge leap of faith and casting this kid and sticking with him for twelve years. I think that's why... It's either going to win Best Picture or the director is going to win Best Director or maybe both. 
I, I mean, again, just like you said, it's a matter, it, the endeavor is certainly monumental and, you know, groundbreaking, but the coming of age story is so, like, I, it, it's such a common story because it's everybody's story. Everybody has those awkward coming of age years. And, I mean, that's, it just kind of seemed to fall into that category again. The big thing was the fact that it took 12 years to do. Um, that's the only thing that makes it stand out, really. In the same way that The Artist won a few years ago because it was a silent movie, which there haven't been very many of <laughs> recently. And, oh my gosh, what a, what a cool thing it's, it's, it's doing. And let's, let's award this and celebrate it and build it up. And, you know, everyone's looking up IMDb. What the hell is The Artist? Right. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's fallen into such obscurity. And do you think the same thing's going to happen to Boyhood? Mm, no, because it's Linkletter. Well, yeah, I mean, he's kind of got more of a, a slate of films that people love to follow and watch, almost like a Tarantino. But I just want to add a small thing, but I love that the liquor store guy is the same liquor store guy. Dazed and confused. confused. <laughs> love that. Also, I love the fact that, and this isn't a spoiler, even Neil will laugh even though he hasn't seen this, but he cast his daughter as the uh, sister yeah, of the main yeah, character. And she was, like, really on board for half the movie until she, like, hit her teen years and asked uh, Richard Linklater to kill her off in the movie because she got <laughs> bored with the movie. And he said no because it'd be too drastic. Well, didn't when she first saw it, didn't she break down in tears? Because, I mean, here's 12 years of your life shown in mm -hmm. a very long two and two hours and 45 minutes yeah. from what I've heard. But still, that's, that's, that's got to be incredibly emotional well, to the, watch. The main character grows up to look like a weirdo, too. So that's kinda... <laughs> that was a marathon, two hours and 45 minutes. I was, I was tired by the end of that. Well, speaking of odd movies, uh, Birdman is a movie that I think uh, at least the three of us have seen, correct? That's I, kind I of... None. Yeah, that's kind of the like a hard endeavor for a movie to take and not so much with the time span that it was shot but with the continuous takes and the editing and I guess you know there's some takes that seem and I think they did go on for 20 to 30 minutes at a time and that, well, I liked that um, I studied film at Denison for four years <laughs> You're, you're Ed Norton by, by uh, Ray Carver story. I know I'm just kidding um, I did not study film at Denison. I studied botany at Worcester. Besides the point, um, so I... So this qualifies you to speak about <laughs> So as an expert. As an expert. As a film expert. Um, I did like the... I like the continuous cuts. Uh, but the different... I mean, you did see it in theaters, and I was talking to Bees about this a little earlier, is that you went in with less expectations. I mean, there was hype around it when you saw it in theaters, but there wasn't... It hadn't been nominated for everything when you saw it. It was just a right. kind of a it cool was a, indie movie. Yeah, it was a movie to go see at the Manor at the time. I mean, but it uh, it still impressed me with what they did. I mean, it's a star-studded cast too, um, with Keaton and Stone and Edward Norton. Norton. Yeah, it was just it was a pretty it was a pretty big movie. And another thing that I look for in a movie is the fact that. You don't see the actor as the actor, like any Brad Pitt movie now I see. It's like, oh, there's Brad Pitt pretending to be a secret agent with Angelina Jolie. Like, what it, it, it was a, I was able to suspend my disbelief, my temporary suspension of disbelief. Well, that's because Michael Keaton hasn't been in anything in, like, ten years. All right, look, he's a Pittsburgh guy. That's <laughs> right, he's sorry. He's a Pittsburgh sorry. guy. He was a, he was a snowman. He became a snowman. Gosh. Do you want to build a snowman? God, Neil. It was cool that they did reference uh, 
like they talk about Birdman three and like that wasn't like you haven't done anything since nineteen ninety two, which is the year the last Batman yeah. uh, Keaton movie came out. So it's kind of mirrors his career in that regard. But bees, I know you you do not have the same feelings about this movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I think technically it's very good. It shot well. I the one long shot's a gimmick, but it it's a gimmick I happen to like. So whatever, it looks cool. Uh, it's well, everyone acts pretty well in it. My issue is that the central conceit is really misguided, and that it's setting up a conflict between art and popular entertainment and saying they can't overlap, they have to be in conflict with each other, that either you're a real artist or you're entertaining the masses, and that's a really misguided point of view to hinge your entire movie on. You mean the fact that he was trying to do theater and no one would take him seriously because he was a And every character is walking around, I'm kind of paraphrasing some stuff I've read, but they're walking around saying like, this is the side of the debate I'm on and this is what I think. Like, it's all very characters... Um, it's kind of spouting off these uh, diatribes that don't feel like real, like normal people talking, which can work sometimes. It didn't really bug me that much. And also, I, I think the movie's coming down more on Ed Norton's side, which, even though it's a fake made-up battle, it still kind of bugs me because he was a despicable person. Oh, I loved him in that movie. I, mean, I thought, I thought he good. was the he best part well, of that movie. But he's just like the character's just a monster. So you think it maybe wins like best cinema? I don't even know if it's up for best cinema. Yeah, it is. Movie. Yeah, but not best I don't know what else is up for it. Yeah, so I'd have to look at that. Probably Interstellar. Interstellar's one of them. That's one of them. Uh, Foxcatcher is up for cinematography. Yeah. And like one or two others. Am I the only one here that's seen Foxcatcher? Yes. Okay. So. I mean, I had kind of the same opinions. I come down more on Bees' side on Birdman. While Boo. I did, well, I mean, I liked <laughs> I liked the story and the concept, and I thought that was all. It just kind of seemed to like drag towards the end. Like I get that he's not taken seriously, and that they think he's washed up, and that he's trying to come around and become like quote unquote like a real artist. But I, I mean, well, and I think it's different. If I had seen it in theaters and like it had my full attention, then it might have been different than sitting and watching it in front of a laptop because. It just didn't have the same effect for me. I'll, I'll say I went in with much lower. Like, I liked it better than I thought I was going to. Um, I only got one big eye roll from me. I'm sorry, but when... It's big, big spoiler alert. Sorry. Um, la, 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 at the just... end of the play he's putting on, the character in the play shoots himself in the head, and a squib pops out the other side, and the audience screams. But right before he goes on stage for the big opening performance, he reaches up, and I knew it, like, Five seconds before. Oh yeah, that was that was, was like, oh come. come on! I've said that like three times. That's my reaction with a lot of these big pictures. <laughs> that he grabbed the real gun. And yeah, stuff. yeah. But I mean, it's like that. The only, it's like something. The, if you follow the guy, my your MFA, the Twitter account. It sometimes it read like something that guy would write, that character would write. I'm gonna look that, that one up. But. I thought Zach Galifianakis was really good. Oh, Zach yeah. lost a ton of weight for the role. Loved it. But also. Um, revenge diet hashtag. <laughs> hashtag revenge diet. Um, but uh, that the the uh, that was the once there was a gun involved. I don't mean to mumble my way through this. Once there was a gun involved, I figured that there was going to be a prop gun, real gun replacement trick. Well, they use the same thing in American Sniper. <laughs> they what? Shut up, really? <laughs> He's trolling. No. Oh. no, it's a prop. No, but even even there's there's there's, there's foreshadowing. There. There's foreshadowing at the very beginning of the movie because Edward Norton tells him the gun looks fake. He doesn't want to use that gun. Right. So and that's check off. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah, I mean, I I saw that coming, and it didn't like ruin the movie for me that I knew it was going to happen that way. I didn't ruin it that I knew it was going to happen. It was that that was the direction he took it in. Like, that's the statement they're making, I guess. Well, all right. When he At the very end, when he jumps out the window, what happens? I don't know. This is my issue with magical realism and how it doesn't really work. Is he is he actually is he actually a superhero and able to fly, or is he just an average human who has these fantasies of real of of grandeur? The director would say something really pretentious here. <laughs> I'm looking to you. Dan, I don't. I don't to have say an something I really pretentious. I really don't get magical realism, and it flies, especially in movies, it just flies right over my head. It's not a thing I understand. You know. The one part I did like I guess is where it's that he wasn't defeated. He was still high up there, you know. He still he still had it. So when he, he flies like he in the movie, it. does he actually fly or is it No, all, because he gets magical it, realism, it doesn't matter. He no, there's a taxi cab guy saying you didn't pay the fare when he gets to the theater and follows him in. That was I thought was a really funny part. But it, it's it's irrelevant. It's not it's both. Well, the one movie we really haven't talked about. I mean, we we kind of touched on the theory of everything and that is pretty straightforward as a as a biopic that the last half turns into a soap opera, and that was kind of just my thoughts on that. But uh, Whiplash, I know uh, Bees and I have seen uh, Whiplash recently. So Bees, what were your thoughts on Whiplash? So it pissed me off the entire time. That's the roller rink one. <laughs> no, if what? you had to whip it, whip it. With, uh, I'm yeah. sorry. What which, which one's Whiplash? Whiplash. Yeah. J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons is like. Uh, a really big like dickhead of a uh, instructor, like trying to like push his students, get the most out of them. And Miles Teller is like it's like a drummer in his jazz ensemble, and okay. he's just like. So this is one of those movies. In fact, I'd say this movie more than this and like Selma and Grand Budapest were the only three that like got the film excitement going in me. I, like I left, stopped watching them, and like had an adrenaline rush. Um, I was pissed off during the whole movie because I was thinking it was going to endorse J.K. Simmons' like approach to teaching. When really, like, if you take one of those, are you in an abusive relationship, like, checkbox things, you, <laughs> if you get five of them, then you are. And to do it for this relationship between teacher and student, it's an abusive relationship. But I don't, I, after reading some of this stuff, I don't think the movie's really making a statement. I think it's just saying, yeah, being a dick like this gets results, but is it really worth it? It's kind of a bullshit, self-fulfilling prophecy if miles teller's character fails or quits oh then he never really had the drive to succeed at drumming if he does really well then it was jk simmons who drove him to it who uh, inspired him um to heads you win tails you lose kind of bullshit they had jk simmons in an interview and he says i can understand that if you're training to be a navy seal he's like but me i would yeah. I, it doesn't need to be done for music but and he's the party he was so good in it as well oh, yeah and he clarified like that they weren't really making a statement they were just kind of presenting uh, scenario, uh, and the director said that if there's an epilogue, it doesn't end well for Miles Teller's character. Like he's dead by thirty, and they like never really get along. So Oof. that made me feel better about what the movie's like state, what it was trying to do. Uh, fucking fantastic drum sequences, though. Yeah, and I guess he, uh, he had actually learned to drum for the movie as well. So it's like a stand-in for him in the movie, but the all the drumming, I guess, that you hear. Is his so I don't know like how true that actually is because there's some stuff that probably only ten people in the world can yeah, do on right. the drum set. But huh. uh, speaking of J.K. Simmons and uh, the acting, I guess we, if, if no one else has any qualms, we could jump. Well, in wait, here. I get. I, I want to know what you guys think is going to win for best pick because you all gave your favorites. But uh, what do you think is going to win for? What best I think pick? is going to win is Boyhood, 
what I think should win is either Imitation Game, uh, Grand Budapest, or Whiplash. I am really struck between those three. Wow. A three-way tie for first. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, probably Grand Budapest, but uh, like I said, the other movies are just so heavy. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Boyhood did well in what. Um, I'm going to go with either Imitation Game or American Sniper. Is what you think will win? Yes. Well, what, if you had to choose, what would you, what would you pick? What would, what would your vote from the from this list? Selma. From Selma. Okay. So jumping into the best actor category, though, we have uh, Steve Carell in Foxcatcher, Bradley Cooper in American Sniper, Benedict Cumberbatch in The Imitation Game, Michael Keaton in Birdman, and Eddie Redmayne in The Theory of Everything. Uh, Philby, you've seen uh, about half of these, and you you pretty much you know of the performances in the other ones. So what what uh what would be your choice? Uh, for best I think actor and why the one, uh, the best actor who pulled off a big feat was the was Eddie in the Theory of Everything. I think that his performance is the one that's going to win. As you said, it turned into a drama soap opera by the end, but the way he did so well at the Golden Globes, I think, reflects how well he'll do here. Bees. Uh, I, I just want Keaton to win it. <laughs> um, Part of that is he did a really good job. Do you job. think he's deserving, though? If, I mean, you didn't like the movie as a whole, but, I mean, his performance... Oh, though? all the acting, I think, was pretty damn good. Um, I mean, I haven't seen Steve Carell or Bradley Cooper or Eddie Redmayne, but Cumberbatch is good. I just, I don't know. It's too close to home for Sherlock for you. No, not even that. I don't know. It's just <clears throat> Keaton's performance stood out to me more. Now, Neil, you're, you're the only one who's actually ever seen Foxcatcher out of us. Uh, what did you think of Steve Carell's performance in the movie? I thought that it was, and after going back, because I'm kind of from that area where, where this all took place, is, and reading some of the old newspaper stories and things like that from what happened in some biographies of John DuPont, it sounds like Steve Carell and feels like he really captured that character. Now, all he really did was play super creepy old man, and... While that's great for a guy who's known for The Office and Brick Tamlin and the Forty Year Old Virgin, like I don't think, I don't think it's going to be enough to get him the win. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked or upset if he won because I think he did a great job. But I think the Academy likes to see range in an actor um, when they when they do Best Picture or Best Actor, which is why I think it's going to go to Eddie Redmayne. But I'm going to drop uh, a little factoid on you that I blatantly plagiarized from another podcast, Comedy Film Nerds, which did like a whole two-hour Oscar uh, preview app. Um, and that is every actor that has been nominated three years in a row for Best Actor in their third year has gone on to win Best Actor. And that is Bradley Cooper this year. Um, and... For Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> yes, yeah. for Rocket Raccoon. Has he won anything? Has he won? At he has not won, but he's been nominated. He was nominated yeah, the two for David O. Russell films. Yeah, for American Hustle and, and then Silver, Silver Linings Playbook. Playbook and the role and, he played in Wedding Crashers. Yes, and the role <laughs> he played in Wedding Crashers. But um, I, I loved his performance as Chris Kyle. Um, I think for a guy that could just be very easily portrayed as a meathead sniper who's really good at his job, which is killing people. I think he was very, 
nuanced and in some of those scenes where he was talking to the psychiatrist at the end and in some of the scenes where he's talking to his wife when he's back home or even not like the floor. the oil change uh where the guy comes in and tells him like you saved my life yeah i mean you see you can see this look in his eye and you can see this trouble that he's going through that i think would not come through if it was somebody other than bradley cooper so i i, I think with this category in particular, I think I think there are definitely some snubs in Best Picture and in some of the other categories, and we'll get to that. But I don't think there are any real snubs in Best Actor. Mm, Jake and, Gyllenhaal, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe Jake Gyllenhaal in um, Nightcrawler. Finds. Um, but let's just say that I would not I would not be upset if any of these actors won for Best for Best Actor. I think I think they all did a great job, and I think the Academy for the most part, got it right. So you're saying you're not going to write a strongly worded letter to the Academy? I'm going to write a very strongly worded tweet, and they will never <laughs> read it because they're all 90-year-old white men. I mean, I think Neil hits on it good, though. I mean, Brad, I mean, a lot of the times when actors win, sometimes it's not even necessarily for the film. It's like a culmination right. of the times they've been nominated like as when well. when Paul Newman won for um, uh, The Verdict. Or, uh, who was it? Uh, there were, like, uh, people that were nominated for The Departed. Who won for... Like Scorsese won for The yeah. Departed, and that was by far not even his best film. But right. at the time, it was just you know it was a culmination. So, I think that can also be said for Bradley Cooper. But Neil's right. I mean, he does. He not only makes a physical transformation, but I mean his emotional range in the movie. And I, I don't think he might not even mirror the guy in real life. Maybe the guy in, in real life wasn't as emotional or whatever. But I mean, it's a movie, and they have that uh, artistic license to take. And I think he does show. Uh, range of emotions and there's something else to be said for you know packing on a hundred pounds and not even i mean no well, one even he knew. was a mountain in the yeah movie. and, and this was something like they, they didn't even make a big deal of i mean every two seconds you hear about how much weight christian bale is losing or gaining for his roles and i think that's what shocked people a lot was not only his performance but his transformation and you know people uh it you didn't hear anything about this movie really until like a week before it came out or so and it's it's definitely got the momentum going into it, but yeah, and it's I mean it's it's now the highest grossing war movie of all time. It just passed Saving Private Ryan, and I mean it's killing at the box office, which doesn't mean that it's you know any chew in for best for any Oscars, but uh, I mean it's definitely it's definitely got momentum, like you said, Ben. Yeah, so I have to thank the the front runners. Well, actually, I mean they all kind of look like front runners. The only one who I can see for sure that probably won't win is. Benedict Cumberbatch, and that's not because yeah. he's not good in the movie, it's just that when you look at everyone else, Eddie Redmayne's uh, transformation, like physical, like his performance in that movie, throughout the whole thing, Michael Keaton, just everything he has going for him in Birdman, Bradley Cooper, who we just touched on, and Steve Carell for such a drastic change into the character of DuPont. Here's Yeah, here's what I'll say about Benedict Cumberbatch, is I think, I think you could swap him out for Jake Gyllenhaal and you wouldn't hear any complaints from me, just because... I think somebody else could have done a comparable job, not maybe as good, but comparable to Benedict Cumberbatch in that role. And I don't think I don't think he he himself brought a lot to that. I think everybody else brought a lot to their roles. I don't think Benedict. I don't think I was walked out of it going, "Oh my gosh, can, can you believe Benedict Cumberbatch's performance?" It was more about the story. And he's someone who's gonna for years be in that category yeah. unless something crazy happens. <clears throat> I mean, it's not his last time that he'll be nominated yeah. for something. We'll touch on this real quick. Uh, we haven't. Most of us haven't seen a lot of the movies with the best actresses. I mean, I don't need to see the rest of these. I know what the answer is because <laughs> it's obvious. 
Well, anyways, right, I was just, list them I, off, wait, and then I want to. I was just gonna say things. that most of these movies were in very limited release or like not widely available. Okay, so we have noted. Not yeah, a thing to you make it a thing. <laughs> Marion, uh, I don't know how you say her last name. Cotillard. 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 I don't know. Cotillard. Cotillard. The girl who's in all the Christopher nah, Nolan not, movies. Not gonna work here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Felicity Jones in The Theory of Everything. Julianne Moore. Uh, I didn't write the movie down, but I had no idea about the movie she was in. Uh, Reese Witherspoon in Wild and Rosamund Pike in Gone Girl. Uh, my two favorites by far were Reese Witherspoon and my favorite, I don't I don't know if she will win, she probably won't, but Rosamund Pike in Gone Girl. She was chilling. She was awesome. I, it's like kind of like Neil said, there are other people who could have brought the same kind of thing to the role, but she, I don't know, you can depreciate for someone who came out of uh, somewhat of obscurity to take on this gigantic role in David Fincher film, and she was haunting. And she's someone else that goes through a bit of a transformation. I mean, she got, I don't know if that was makeup or not, but in the scenes, spoiler alert, where she's not actually gone and she just runs away and gets fat. Um, I, I mean, that looks pretty... Fat? And she she's eating ho hos on the car ride on the way to that that yeah. red. Never mind. Apparently we are sexist. Uh, God. Sorry, ding dongs. Is that better? <laughs> that, that is not. <laughs> oh god, this is. No, she does, and they, and they make light of it too. It's because she doesn't wanna. She doesn't want to be recognized. Right. Yeah. So that that's part of her her thing. Yeah. Yeah. So and uh, every I haven't. I've only seen Gone Girl of the movies that are, that are up in this category. But from everything I've heard, Julianne Moore gives an amazing performance. I think as, I do uh, believe she's the favorite. Yeah, uh, as a woman battling Alzheimer's and as someone I believe who's done research on Alzheimer's as she's, about, as she's entering the stage of dementia. So, um, I don't know, I'll probably rent that when it comes out on Netflix. Yeah, and uh, I'd seen Reese Witherspoon in the movie Wild. I thought it was a very faithful adaptation, and it was something that she kind of uh, championed because uh, she bought the rights. And fun fact, she also uh, bought the rights for Gone Girl, so she had a pretty good year oh, for her production company. Is? What? Do you know who she is? Oh, do you know God. who she is? <laughs> no, but I think I think it's cool that she just her and her like, friend made a production company, and basically they just read a lot of books, and if they like it, they just buy the rights real quick. So, uh, so she actually had two movies, one of her own and Gone Girl. But uh, she was pretty good in uh, Wild. I don't think it's as crazy as most people are saying that all she like. There's, they said it was so tough for her, but she she put on a backpack and walked around. And and there's there's more than that to the movie. I mean, she's she's a struggling drug addict in the movie, and then uh, recently divorced and just trying to get her life together. And I, it's by far my favorite Reese Witherspoon movie. Um, Oh, I guess Walk the Line is pretty good, too, but uh, those were my two favorites. It was my dad's favorite performance, I yeah. can tell you that for sure. <laughs> so, I mean, that's about it for Best Actress. Uh, I mean, there are there's Supporting Actor. Uh, I do believe we've seen most of the, uh, these movies that people are in, so we have Robert Duvall for, what's it, oh The Judge? Oh, my God, that movie was so bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It was so bad. So we'll, we'll gloss over that. The movie was called The Judge? Yes. Yeah, it's the one with uh, Robert, Downey, Robert Downey, Jr. Downey Jr. where he puts his arms out in the air when he's riding the bike. <laughs> it was just, it was, it was keep going. Uh, Skip over this part. And then the real ones, uh, Ethan Hawke and 
in uh, Boyhood, Edward Norton in Birdman, uh, Mark Ruffalo in Foxcatcher, and J.K. Simmons in Whiplash. So uh, after Robert Duvall, the competition gets pretty <laughs> a lot thicker. What's the uh, if they get nominated the prior two years? Do they win it in their third year? I don't. I don't know about that with supporting actor. Although as Ben was talking about with Martin Scorsese, peop, I, I feel like this is a a nod to Robert Duvall, and he's hasn't really been in much recently, and now he's maybe getting a little bit of attention. So what the hell? The Academy throws him a bone in an Oscar nod. I, again, yeah, it sounds like he was kind of the last spot, and they're like, right, eh. yeah, whatever. I haven't seen Whiplash, but everything I've heard says that it's J.K. Simmons to lose. So He did win the Golden Globe, too, yeah. I believe, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going with Simmons. Simmons. And then, uh, supporting actress, we've uh, we've actually seen, we actually have seen most of these movies. Uh, Patricia Arquette in Boyhood as the mother, uh, who's really good. Laura Dern as Reese Witherspoon's mother, uh, kind of like in flashbacks in Wild. There's Keira Knightley in The Imitation Game. Emma Stone and Birdman and Meryl Streep and Into the Woods and while a lot of these don't make uh, physical transformations like we've talked about they're all pretty worthy of the category I don't know if I really have a favorite uh, I don't know Bees do you have um, like Knightley Stone or Arquette I mean those are the three I've seen so that's um, well between those three why does Knightley seen? get supporting but Felicity Jones gets actress uh, I think it's whatever the movie producer, like yeah, whoever it's, they're it's all about. How, it's how, about how they pitch it. To so the like, they, if, like if you're in that category, they think you have a better chance of winning it. So maybe they didn't think Keira Knightley, and and some of it is uh, is like screen time too. There's different yeah. indicators that you're up for nominations. I would say either Patricia Arquette for me or Laura Dern is really good. I think she's also someone that's kind of been there before and that they're giving her a shot, but she's actually very good and wild as well, kind of as like a hippie mother. So Go with Arquette. Which one's Boyhood again? Arquette. That's Arquette, the mother yeah. is Patricia wouldn't, Arquette. Wouldn't be surprised if it was Arquette. Yeah, she's she's good. Yeah. Phenomenal in the movie, as well as okay. that movie getting a lot of attention. Now, one thing we did want to touch on was movies and perhaps actors that we've touched on as well, uh, who have perhaps been snubbed this year in the Academy Awards. Probably none bigger than the Lego movie. <laughs> I, I would say... And in all Lego seriousness, movie, I mean it. Yeah. Lego movie definitely got snubbed. I was kind of upset that they didn't even look at it. It was it was awesome. Everything is awesome. <laughs> except for the fact that the Lego movie got snubbed. <laughs> that was nominated for Best Song, though. I know. Thank goodness. Go <laughs> Lonely Island. Uh, but Good guest starred. <laughs> yeah, but they're my favorite part of that song, Bees, all right? I went to Denison and studied film. All right, um, <laughs> I'd say, but the biggest snub was Nightcrawler. That movie was, you couldn't even recognize Jake Gyllenhaal by the, in the, the weight he dropped and the, the way he played a meticulous character so meticulously was... Pretty, Meticulous. pretty outstanding. Meticulous, <laughs> you know, like attention to details. Well, that movie was you. cool because like his character doesn't have any arc. Usually, like you start out as an asshole and then you come around to be like a redeeming character. And throughout, he's just really creepy and he's just really kind an of like, a sick person. But he's he's so good at it, and it's it's just and, and to that's watch. and that was part of the thrill was like you're waiting for the change to happen or you're waiting for it to come over the edge and then like it doesn't it just gets worse and worse and worse and it's like <laughs> and so for people who haven't seen it the little just backstory is that he's kind of like a paparazzi for 
or like a freelance, a, a freelance like for yeah. hire like videographer for news. So, but he goes, you know, for like the the bloody like the crashes, uh, the burglaries, the robberies, stuff like that. So, and he's always trying to be the first on the scene, even before the police. He's, he's he, trying to show yeah, up. That's and, the penultimate, like yeah. the final, the final draw is the one where he shows up before the police and. It's and I think that was the most breathtaking thing out of any movie I saw this year was not only the he gets he arrives to a crime scene before the police of like a home intrusion and murder, and then kind of parlays he like he sees them leave the scene of the crime and then parlays that into his own uh, filming of the police chase that you know he anonymously calls it in the police chase these criminals later and he's like following them right behind and it's like a ten minute long kind of one-shot uh, car chase that was probably the best thing I saw on screen this year. Well, I don't want... I mean, I don't want to derail this entirely, but that kind of gets into the to the pol- politics piece of the Academy Awards. And that one was Nightcrawler. When did Nightcrawler come out? Like in October, November, something like that? And every movie that we've talked about and every actor that we've talked about, with the exception of The Judge, came out in late December... You except know, Grand Budapest, but that that Grand had Budapest. a lot going for it as yeah. well. But I, I think that's that's why Nightcrawler isn't getting the recognition that it needs to get is because it came out in November and or October or November. And if you want your movie to be considered for Oscar nominations, then you need to release it in around Christmas time, or at least do a couple, you know, uh, limited releases, and then before you go big in January. And on the flip side of that, a movie like Selma, people were complaining that it was nominated for Best Picture, but it wasn't nominated for a lot of other categories like actor, actresses, uh, anything, really anything else besides Best Picture, and I think it was nominated for Best Song for John Legend. But the problem with that was Selma came, like, they tried to play it too late. It came out, like, in, like, mid-January and came out a limited release, like, on, like, New Year's Eve or something like that, and it was just too late. A lot of the viewers couldn't see it. Yeah, and the same thing with... Interstellar, in that Christopher Nolan and the production company made the decision that they didn't want to send out screeners because Christopher Nolan thought that it needed to be seen on the big screen on film. And so, if you're not going to send out screeners, right, then the old Academy Awards P- or, uh, Academy is not going to go see this movie. And to me, Interstellar, you know, it's not in Best Picture, but to me, that's the movie of the year. I said it in Nathan's New Year's Eve end of the year game, that was the movie of the year. And I, I, I stand by that. Yeah, I thought it could have been nominated. I mean, the only thing I think it was nominated for was Soundtrack, which was rightfully deserved. But, I mean, you could easily put Matthew McConaughey in there for actor. Um, really, like, like technical. There's so many technical effects. There's a lot of good stuff. I'm, sure it's, in, I'm sure it's in there for technical stuff, because the Academy doesn't really care about that. But um, Yeah, Nightcrawler, I definitely agree with. Uh, one, I don't know if there's any reason why it, can, it can't be nominated, but the fact that Tom Hardy... I know it's a small movie, so that's why. I'm just saying in a perfect world, Tom Hardy should have been nominated for Best Actor in Locke. Um, oh, yeah. He that was amazing. He drives a car and talks on the phone for 80 minutes, and it's riveting. Yeah. And if that's not a great acting performance, I don't know what is. He's, He's got that thing in front of his face, right? <laughs> He's someone who's been kind of due, too. Yes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Tom Hardy, I want to move forward into just the coming year and what's coming out. If you haven't seen it already, the preview for Max, Mad Max Fury Road uh, looks phenomenal. I think it because it looks real. I'm sure some of it's CGI, but it has like a grittiness to it that, that looks real, kind of like the new Star Wars trailer. Um, and it's just a really well-cut trailer. Um, 
it's been in production for a while. A lot of that has to do with just kind of environmental uh, disasters that befell them before they even started shooting. So everything I've heard, read, uh, says it's it's looking good. Um, so check out that preview. I don't know when that's out. So Probably between so between all the Marvel movies and Star Wars, Marvel being Avengers: Age of Ultron and Ant Man, and obviously the seventh Star Wars movie. If you could see one like right now, what would it be? Ultron. Ultron, really? Over Star Wars? Yeah, yeah. I want to see Star Wars. I'm not. I'm not. Not excited. I mean, I'm excited for that, um, but I'm not like itching to see Star Wars. I want to see Ultron. I want to see if Thor says, you know, his famous line, "Ultron, we would have wars with thee." Look at Google it. It's an awesome panel. From I'm not going to Google it. Okay. <laughs> you have to look it up. Fill me up. No, go ahead. No, that's it. Yeah, Age of Ultron is the one I'm kind of itching most to see. And that's out at the end of May, I believe. Beginning of May. May Beginning 1st. of May. I'll see. You know that one. May Day. Yeah. Philby, what is your most anticipated movie of 2015? I think it's easy. Um, It's kind of hard. I, uh, I really enjoy all of the movies that are predicted to come out in 2015. Predicted? Uh, yeah, predicted. It sounds like you're stalling. <laughs> No, no, I'm not stalling or building anything up. Um, I've really looked at the full category um, and really decided, and uh, just like Taken 3 was my favorite movie of last year, uh, I think... I can't snub that. I'm going to throw a cymbal at your head. <laughs> you don't have any cymbals around here. There are no drums in the, sh- the room. Let the record show there are no cymbals in the room. Tonight. Um, Jurassic World is easily my most anticipated movie of the year. Um, it, we have it features Star Lord, and he is on Earth, and there are Lego dinosaurs running around and causing havoc. I don't think on, that's the plot. And the kid from Iron Man Three. And the kid from Iron Man Three. Yeah. Oh, he's the worst. <laughs> what? <laughs> and, it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> I can't wait for Jurassic World. I had so much fun seeing Jurassic Park in 3D three times. To see another Jurassic movie in the theater, my 13-year-old self is super jelly. But do you think it can live up to the hype, though? Oh, it's not going to. It's not going to live up to the hype at all. It's going to flop. Is it going to live up to your hype? It's going to live up to my hype. It's not going to flop. It might not. Oh, have you seen the Velociraptors? Yeah, that's that's that's, my point. Like. They're good Velociraptors. They're genetically modified things. Pratt. There is those. Wait, I really those, don't have an opinion. I was just curious. What you there like. are those really? safety pods yeah, that look like, oh, you I know, like the, look of those. the safety pods seem to look to me like human pills. Like a dinosaur would just be like, oh, look, I need my vitamins for the day. I'm going to eat two humans. Why didn't you ask the paleontologist this? <laughs> so I, I'm just excited to see a Jurassic movie on theaters again. I saw Jurassic Park. Three giraffes in the seat. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the slogan. Giraffes <laughs> in the seat. Um, that's a good one, bees. Um, I just I'm excited to see another Jurassic Park movie in the theaters, like I did see Jurassic Park three in the theaters, as well as Jurassic Park in 3D in the theaters. Well, did you not see the first one in theaters? Like I did not. Out? No, well, you because I was young. eleven. Yeah. <laughs> no, you weren't. Yes, I was. I was 11. Then I was, sorry, I was much younger. So that answers your question. I was much younger and more handsome at the time then. I was probably eight. Is that Then true? me or like that? Then you. Now? No, then me now too. I've got to come to this show more often. <laughs> and so I was eight and mom didn't think it was appropriate for an eight-year-old to see a rated R movie. And look how I turned out. 
PG-13, but it's all the same <laughs> exactly. when you're eight years old. Was it not? No, oh, well, it's PG-13. <laughs> Whatever, couldn't have, couldn't have made it. Well, one thing you'll be happy, uh, Philby, uh, about is that my most anticipated movie for 2015 is a book that we both read. Uh, the main character is a hero botanist, and it's all botanists are it's, heroes. It's The Martian, so I don't know how accurate it is if Matt Damon's a botanist, but uh, it's basically he's stranded on Mars, and it's all uh, realistic scenarios about as much as science can prove towards it, and it's about his uh, like being stranded there, accepting it, like trying to make do with dwindling supplies, and knowing that it's going to take a couple of years for. Uh, a rescue team to come, and then it kind of mirrors back to Mission Control uh, back on Earth. It's directed by Ridley Scott, who's kind of been hit or miss, mostly miss, uh, <laughs> but his movies are definitely interesting. Uh, the cast is star-studded, though. Jessica Chastain, Jeff Daniels, uh, Michael Pena, Kristen Wiig, Kate Mara. Um, Kristen Wiig? Wow. Yeah. Uh, Sebastian Stan. Uh, Chiwetel, Age of Four, and Sean Bean, who does not, spoiler alert, does not die in this movie. <laughs> he doesn't turn bad and then dies? Do you yes. think that's going to suffer from comparisons to Interstellar? Uh, no, but I think it will suffer from comparisons to Gravity. Okay. Because uh, I think Interstellar did enough to differentiate itself from Gravity. Oh, I bet gravity. very different. I just think people say yeah. space, space movie. Oh, that's, I saw that one. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm not sure how it's going to turn out, but if it's anything like the book, then I'm definitely looking forward to it, which leaves uh, Neil. I'm going to go completely different from the tone of the three of you, and I will say the the prequel to this movie I was dragged kicking and screaming to, and I would have gladly paid double admission to sit and watch it again immediately after, and I'm so excited for Pitch Perfect 2. It looks so good. The Super Bowl spot was fantastic. Anna Kendrick is the love of my life, and the fact that the Green Bay Packers have an acapella team in the World Championships, and is it uh, David Cross? Is David the host, Cross is the is MC. The host, is the MC. I, I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it looks really good. I don't think you'll have any argument from us on that either. Yeah. Now that we're done talking about the boring stuff, let's talk about Amazon pilot season. <laughs> so... Amazon did wonders at the Golden Globe by Golden Globes by having Transparent um, as they they produced Transparent and it won very, did very well at the Golden Globes and having a success like that as well as Netflix's success with Orange is the New Black and House of Cards I think it adds some legitimacy to those two acting as production companies, production studios, and I'm just excited to see what uh, Amazon has up its sleeve next. Uh, one of the ones that I watched, uh, I think it's called Cocked or Loaded or something like that. It's about a gun salesman, and it was not very good at all. So, <laughs> is it being produced, though, as a full show? No, it, it's the pilot season, so you have to go on and you have to vote. So it's the like, second round of that, because there was one previously, right? No, like, this is the second... They, it, every time this year, they do pilot season. Like, they yeah, do... They, right, I'm the saying second, this is the, the second, second time, time they've done it, Yeah, correct? this is the second yeah. time they've done it. Okay. The second and batch. The second batch. And, go. I mean, Alpha Dogs survived the first round. Like, last time they did the pitch. It's a John Goodman that's conservative... It's, it's like, like a Veep show. It's like a Veep show. Like, they're faux, like, F-A-U-X, conservative Republicans living in a house together. Um, 
and so it's it it's a comedy, a political comedy on that term. It survived pro, uh, the the pilot season on Amazon. Zombieland, the TV show, luckily did not survive because it was horrid. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens this time. Bosch and my my favorite book series of all time by an author by the name of Michael Connolly. He has a detective in the LAPD who's his main character. His name is Hieronymus Bosch, and Bosch. Played by Titus Welliver, Titus Welliver, aka the Man in Black from Lost, right? And the guy from the All or the some insurance. He was in the town too. Yeah, he was in the town. But anyway, that is premiering on February thirteenth. So ten episodes. Is it watching streaming it, all but, together? Yeah, like streaming all together. Yeah, just like Netflix. He's literally named after what is it? Finnish painter. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. His mom. Oh, I could get. We could do a whole Bosch <laughs> here, up here, but yeah. His mom really liked we the could double our viewers after that. The next show, <laughs> featuring on the next show, Neil goes over all of Bosch. <laughs> we'll Skype in PJ for that one. No, you could just do it. Um, <laughs> um, I'm not as fancy as the Amazon Prime shows, but uh, Agent Carter, it's ending in like two weeks, but it's seriously really good television. Just eight episodes. Uh, I think it's all on ABC.com or Hulu. Um, Is it easier to get into than Agents yes. of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yes. I like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but this makes it look like a pile of puke. That's a little harsh. What but makes this what is like a way, pile of puke? Agent Carter is like, like Agent way Carter much. makes uh, agents of Shield. That was, shield. That was like that was a pile being, of puke. This is a being, family show. Bees, Mrs. Davis. That's we okay, are you're sorry. Not right. We know you're listening, <laughs> Mrs. Serious? Davis. There's a, we no. are sorry for There's one behavior. F word allowed in every PG-13 movie as there is in this podcast. So that was. Why don't you not describe the physical act? Anyways, uh, no, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I like. It's gotten a lot better season two, but Agent Carter is just heads and shoulders way up above it in terms of quality, um, and it's really just fun. So, yeah, check it out. And I'd like to plug, I've done it before, uh, the third season begins uh, in a couple months. The preview's out now. Uh, Hannibal is coming oh. back. It's an awesome show. Um, NBC actually has uh, kept renewing it despite uh, low viewers, but it's not... The lower viewers is not an indication of the quality of the show. It's really great. I was reluctant to get into it, but everyone's really good at it. Um, and how, how mad Mickelson doesn't win oh, Emmy he's, every He hasn't even been nominated, year. I yeah. don't think, and he's, he's been fantastic. Uh, so that's my plug. Uh, I'm sticking with it. House uh, of Cards comes back, too. House of Cards. Uh, a lot of binge-watching. Yeah, it? that comes out, uh, what, Valentine's Day, the 14th? Or like the 13th no, or 14th. The, that soon. weekend. Oh, it is that weekend? It's yeah, that weekend. Because I have nothing else to do that weekend, so... Oh, oh. <laughs> Turn on House of Cards. What's that And Dare, The Daredevil, the Marvel slate of Netflix uh, show starts. Uh, we go on and on, but unfortunately we've run out of time. So, uh, as always, I'm Bendy. I'm Philby. It's Bees. And special guest Neil. And special guest Neil. Thanks, uh, Neil, for coming on, and hopefully we'll see you again next time.